0: Three, two, one. This Tome Show production is supported by Continue Magazine, a quarterly magazine about all sorts of gaming, and listeners like you. Thanks for using the Tome's Amazon store. Welcome to the News Desk. Once a month we're going to get together to chat about the latest news in D&D, and I'm your host, Sam Dillon. And I'm Jeff Greiner, and our man on the street in this report
1: is Randall Walker. Randall, welcome, sir.
2: Hey, I'm glad to be here.
1: So this is our, our new news show that uh, we're doing to sort of keep the normal Tome Show shows pure, if you will. Um, it was getting to the point that our conversations about you know what was coming up with next and other news uh, was, you know taking 20 minutes of our hour-long uh, episodes. Uh, and so we weren't having as, uh, very much time for the other stuff. So we decided to uh, pull it out and Sam wanted to get in on it. And Tracy was was sort of interested in letting it go. And uh, so we had, we got a new show. And here it is. The news. Just like that. Just like yeah. that.
2: Just like that. The uh,
1: The format is still something we're sort of toying with and playing with. And we got one format we're going to try tonight and see how it goes. And we'll see if. It's a format we decide to stick with in the future or if we want to change it. Um, same with the name. I think right now we're just going to call it Tome News. But if you if you guys come up with a better name, email me uh, and let me know. All right. And uh, so for this episode, what we're going to do is we've got Randall here as our guest.
2: Yay. Yeah.
1: And uh, we're basically going to have each person – each person has basically taken two news items or articles um, that they're going to present, and then we're all going to discuss, and we'll each go through one. Um, then we'll do it again, and then we'll be done. And we've called these. Um, I, I've sort of pulled and, and called news lists and, and articles and things and put them on a Delicious account. Anybody can go and see it, delicious.com slash Squatch, S-Q-U-A-C-H. So that's where we're pulling the things from, and we're going to give five minutes to each one, and now I'm taking up uh, Sam's
0: stuff. We're going to set the timer for five minutes maximum for each topic. First up is me presenting the preview for upcoming products. So what's in the works for September? Well, it looks like we're going to have a very nice release actually in October. The title of the thread kind of lies because it says it's September releases, and Ed Greenwood Presents Elminster, Elminster's Forgotten Realms actually releases in October, and this is probably the one Forgotten Realms product I'm really looking forward to mm-hmm. because it's it's kind of like Ed Greenwood's uh, notebook that he used when he was uh, creating uh, the first little sparks of Forgotten Realms and things like that, and I, I'm sort of a history buff in that way, mm-hmm. so I like to – get an idea what's in the mind of the creator when the, the awesome thing is being created so so that's coming up and the next D lair assault is called kill the wizard um which you know bart carroll says is the best name for any lair assault yet uh and and, and, I,
1: I, and written by somebody fantastic
0: yeah yeah oh yeah who's that mike shea oh okay there you go yeah so, so there you go. So now you've got two reasons to, to sort of pay attention to that, uh, the next layer assault, uh, which I- – I have heard nothing but good things about Lair Assault. I've heard that it's uh, really tough and makes people use their brains and it's it's grueling and it's extremely fun. So I, I, unfortunately, I've not played any season of Lair Assault, but I've heard nothing but good things about it. There's a couple of uh, of, of new books coming out. Uh, Eric Scott DeBee's Shadow Shadowbane, Eye of Justice is coming out. Yeah, uh, in I, September,
1: I, I really liked the uh, the previous book. Um, it was my first oh, yeah? Shadow Main book, and I really liked it. So I'm looking forward to seeing
0: where this one goes. Nice, excellent. Yeah, I ha- have not read that yet. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. I uh, don't get a lot of time for that. Although I do listen to the to the Tome Show Book Club, so uh-huh. that's what we read it for.
1: And I, th- I yes. believe yeah. I said at the time that it was probably my my favorite book in terms of actually integrating the realms, in terms of uh-huh. using a shared setting better than anybody else
0: I've read. Yes. Yes. Uh, and then uh, R.A. Salvatore and, and Gino Salvatore have a new book coming out in October called Stone of Timora, um, which I know almost nothing about. But you can, of course, read about it on the Wizards.com website. And also there's some Dungeon Command uh, things coming out. And uh, I don't have a lot of experience with Dungeon Command, so I don't know what to say about that then. <laughs> I, I played it
1: once because um, I have – I got some review copies of, of the first two sets. Um, I played it once with my six-year-old, so experiences, you know, are limited. Sure. Um, but my, my take on it is that it was way more fourth edition than I expected. Oh, okay. Um, it's, it's a lot more rules complex than I expected to see from a skirmish game, you know, to the point that it has things like cover and things into it.
0: Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. okay. Um,
1: Interesting. So, yeah, uh, and, and it's also built to uh, integrate right into the Adventure System games. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, okay. and, and you get some minis and, and tiles to add on to your adventure system stuff as well, and you know they give, provide you the cards to integrate it into the adventure system. So,
0: yeah, I was gonna I was gonna make a comment about that that the the cards look you know sort of one side is the the dungeon command uh, sort of motif. Yeah, they're actually they're, they're actually yeah, two, two separate cards. Oh, is it two separate cards? Yeah. Okay, and the the other card is is set up as though it's you know it looks just like the Castle Ravenloft cards, right, for yep. example. <laughs> So that's interesting. It's that's nice to have that sort of uh, uh, dovetail kind of product line going in. That's that's good. Yeah. multi. Uh, what is it? It's multi-classing the dungeon command. Right. There you go. <laughs> one minute. Uh, <laughs> one minute. Okay. Well, something that I'm a little bit excited about because I'm a huge dungeon tile geek is uh, is the Castle Grimstead. Uh, dungeon tiles that are coming out in September which have for the first time uh, a castle scene with thin walls, not these huge 5 foot walls, and the walls have arrow slits in them, and there's a big old picture up on the on the upcoming products page, and it's a really uh, it's really looking nice, I'm going to have to buy that as soon as it hits the stores, which it may have this weekend
2: Those aren't mm-hmm. 3D tile sets, are they at all?
0: No, I don't think this one has any 3D elements ah, okay and
2: don't don't
1: forget the dungeon board game,
0: and then yeah, I, yeah, I was getting there. All Come right. on now, <laughs> and of course, dungeon the the sort of revisioning or reviewing of the the dungeon board game will be coming out pretty soon. And the picture uh, on the website shows all of the components, and it looks it looks really fun. Ah, uh,
1: there you go. Time's up. See, just in time. Was <laughs> the time? Yep. And and the, and the dungeon one is one I look forward to because it's one of those that the old school players really call out a lot as something that got them into the game. Um, I'm sorry, Jeff. And time's up. And I'm and you're I've, not, I've never, not allowed
0: to talk about it anymore. And I've never played it before, <laughs> so I'm looking forward to it. There, I'm done. You you've never you've never played dungeon. i have never. <laughs>
1: oh, interesting a blast! But, but I, but, I played it a lot in yeah, junior high. It's really but, fun. But I met the the guy who created it. Next up, uh, Randall.
2: Hey, that's me. And I guess I'm going to talk a little bit about Minotaurs because John Shindett, if I'm pronouncing his name correctly,
0: I Shind- hope I know. It is Shindetty. yeah. Shindahedi. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's you pronounce every syllable. Yeah.
1: yeah. Okay. Unlike Salvatore where you don't.
2: Yeah, I know. That's kind of – Except I do. It. Except you do. I noticed. You guys are eating <laughs> into my time talking about this gentleman's <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Okay. And he is an art art director, creative uh, uh, creative director over at Wizards of the Coast. And he did an article on the twelfth of this month on um, some thoughts about developing a very iconic D and D monster called the Minotaur, which we're pretty much all familiar with from myth and legend, and also the game itself. And he's just and there's different ways that that creature can be depicted because a lot of the old Greek art depicts them as just a man, muscular man um, with a bull's head. But a lot of later renditions show it more of a beastly character, you know, with a cow-like hide and and horns like a cow and fur and all this other stuff. Um, and basically, the entire article is is going through and asking people, you know, what is your ideal minotaur? Um, I think a lot of I think there's really a couple of ways you can take it, and depending upon the way you can take it. The Minotaur might look different. If you go the whole Minotaur should be an iconic creature, you know they're a solo, they're um, you know you go back to the Greek myth kind of a thing. Um, I think it would be really big and beastly and stuff like that. But there have been other properties lately, things like you know World of Warcraft and um, even uh, uh, Dragonlands, who depict Minotaurs as a just a humanoid species. They happen to look like cows but they're a humanoid species, so that's another different way you can take it. Um, the article doesn't mention those two things, but it goes through and shows a lot of different types of art that um and use. It, it, it mentions to, they, Dragonlance, I believe, doesn't it?
1: Um, they talk about cringe minotaurs, What well, that's that's Dragonlance. Yeah, okay.
0: I almost missed that part on the article. But it, yes. might, it might
1: have been the other article, but I know one of them yeah. talked about it.
0: There were actually two articles. There was a James Wyatt design discussion article and the John Shindahedi art okay. article.
2: Yeah. All right. Well, John's article is what I'm talking about. And of course, the, um, I guess, mild controversy is, you know, if if the Minotaurs are going to be a race, you know, you know, are there male and females? If they're females, do the cows have udders or do they have human like breasts? Um, there's a poll for that. Um, I'm not <laughs> sure. <You> know, I, <laughs> where, do you, where do you fall on that? Where do I fall on that? I, I actually, I'll be honest with you. And this is one of the few things that I'll say when I really you know i played world of warcraft for nearly 3 years Torrens looked okay i, I when i th- when i think of a humanoid species you know i think of them looking superficially like human beings um you know women have breasts on top and they're not they lose most of the animal components of themselves except you know outward signs like the head and the fur and stuff like that um so you say breasts yeah
0: Sam where are you at um well first i'm trying to figure out how bre- at breasts are not an outward sign of <laughs> being well, but- human but I, I know what you mean it was just <laughs> funny the the turn of phrase was funny to me um well i as a so i i fall uh into the uh i like the sort of old school mythological minotaur so i'm a little bit different i know than than what jeff uh, wants to see in the minotaur um but uh, I said I said utters because uh, I'm I'm a biologist as you both know and uh, so while you can lose the parts of I, I guess my thing is I see a minotaur as the the combining of the two the sort of bull cow motif and the human motif and so uh, if the only thing you take from the cow is the head part then you know I don't know what does that mean what what does that tell you mm-hmm. I don't know. So I said udders.
2: Okay. Well, I can go through and I can tell you what I chose on the survey. Sure. Um, On the question about my ultimate uh, D&D minotaur has um, bovine legs, bovine (laughs) hooves, um, has cow-like hair all over its body, has a tail that is stunted and somewhat smaller than a cow's tail but is reminiscent of a cow's tail, and then breasts, if they're female. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so basically, you've got all of the elements of the cow except it has breasts.
1: No, and a stunted tail. Well,
0: well that's tail. still cow because humans don't have tails. No, but the, of yes. yeah, the
1: other the, of the options, there was full tail, or stunted tail, or no tail. Yeah, yeah.
0: but I, I so guess I'm yes. just – Yeah. So because they're human because uh, uh, times. Okay, <laughs> we're gonna have to get get rid of that timer. <laughs> 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 oh, it's no, no, let, I, I, I still want to hear the end of your answer, though, yeah, you said because, yeah. No, you're right, I,
2: because that to me is a humanoid cow. Otherwise, we're okay. talking about animals and not intelligent humanoids. I don't know why that yeah. makes it click no, for you know what, that, No, I'm sure that's that, some that area is, of privilege. And no, 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 no. You
0: I, actually – saying it that way actually it cl- makes it click in my mind. That's why I don't like it because I see them more like beast-like. Oh, okay. so for me it's not the humanoid is the main thing of it. It's the beast part of it that's mm-hmm. the main thing. It's it's sort of a corrupted humanoid. It, don't, it only takes the shape of a humanoid. It doesn't take any of the other characteristics for me. Whereas for you, it's mostly humanoid. So no, that totally that that's why I wanted to hear the rest of your answer cuz that totally clicked for me now. Mm-hmm. I, I totally get it now.
1: Yeah. yeah. I mean, my my vision is very similar to, what is the third picture down? There's the sculpture, there's the one with human feet, and then the, the one with the bovine legs. Um, right. That's the one that I picture. Um, right. Although I gave him a, I gave, I did give him a tail, uh, the full bovine tail. I like the more bestial sort of fur all over sort of thing a, a lot of times. Um, but I went udders because, I don't know, it seems more appropriate but but I also I was telling Sam before the recording I think the picture they gave of the minotaur with breasts I'm not fond of that specific depiction either so maybe if it was a different picture I was staring at when I made that decision I might might have voted differently
0: I also wonder if they had the comparison picture of one with breasts and one with udders because I think people think of udders and they're not they don't know what that's going to look like right. on a on a humanized or humanoid shaped cow you right. know what I mean mm-hmm. so it's hard to say and I guess
2: it would also depend on what, like I said, like Sam said, if it's a, if it's more bestial creature, then I can see that appearance. But to me, a humanoid race—I mean, you're talking essentially furries, you know—at this point, yeah. you know, and it's like gnolls. If that's the case, are knolls going to have like two rows of multiple nipples? You know,
0: <laughs> see, <laughs> in, my, in it, my world, if, in my world, yes, I, you wouldn't have a female knoll running around with big old human breasts. Well, yeah, they so. wouldn't have
2: to be big. But my, <laughs> but
0: they, but they wouldn't be they wouldn't be placed and and they wouldn't look like human breasts and they wouldn't wear a bra. Okay, <laughs> understood. You know, Und- understood
2: yeah. as a but yeah. I I guess my I guess my thinking is that and you know I studied biology in my youth as well and uh, if they evolved or became well you can't even I I don't know you can't even make those <laughs> arguments because it's a magical world right, right. so sure we're talking yeah. about human you know we're talking about these kind of mm-hmm. strange um, right creatures that so i don't know all, right, but that's all why, right
0: that's why i said though your answer of you thinking about it more as a humanoid to totally that makes total sense to me and i i completely understand well and part that of that point, pa- part of, of that i
1: think comes down to the other article that we didn't really discuss which was the design of the minotaur article because <laughs> they're sort of looking at the different approaches of how do you you know is it a cursed human is it this is it that and so there's all these different approaches to what a minotaur might be that might inform the art then yeah <laughs> right and that's true right. All right, so let's move along. We've, we've okay. allowed that one to go past its time. Uh, so I am... I, I sense a theme. That's <laughs> all right. Uh, no, no, I, I anticipated that we'd go a little bit past time on each one, but yeah. uh, but we're now digging into my time, and my yeah. first topic of conversation is Gen Con. I was going to just do a quick recap of some of the, the news coming out of Gen Con. Um, in case people hadn't heard. So first on the list, I think is the most exciting. And at least to me that we heard there was that, um, old products are going to be coming out digitally, um, early next year, Woo-hoo. which is awesome. In fact, we're going to do a whole show. Well, we, the two of you are going to do a whole show about that, <laughs> <laughs> um, yep. And 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 I specifically in my interview end of end of con interview with um, the brand team, I got some information sort of that the the thought was they would put them out in bundles, so there'd be a you know a bunch of products bundled together and released all at once, uh, or made available at once. Anyway, I don't know that they'll be
0: sold as bundles. Um, and that and and released multi multi edition right. bundles like that's not, right, not a bundle of two e and a bundle of one e and then a bundle of it's like a bundle with all different types of exactly bundles. right. So each bundle will have something from every edition. Um, so that nice.
1: I thought was super exciting um, there's a lot of stuff I wouldn't mind taking and converting or a lot, just a lot of old products that you hear a lot about that I've never had a chance to see, that I, I never will have a chance to see, except if they make it available right. digitally, I could. Um, the Sundering is a big Forgotten Realms event. Um, it's the next big realm-shaking event to, to – take the realms into the sort of era of D&D Next, put some things back, I get the impression, um, that people didn't like about the changes from 4th edition. But at the same time, they're not going back. They're not pretending none of that happened. They're telling a story to explain it all and take it all to the next level and then sort of um, bring the realms to a new status quo that doesn't ignore any of the old stuff but tries to
0: bring back some of the old feeling of the setting. Um, Can I I make a statement about that? Yes. Because I I know there's a lot of people... I don't want to say a lot. There's some people that have a problem with that. They complain about it because they didn't like the fourth edition version sure. of Forgotten Realms or something. But I'll, I'll tell you that what what I find so fascinating is what how WotC is dealing with this is how any good DM would deal with it Absolutely. in their campaign.
1: No, nope. right. I, I think they're doing doing it exactly the way they should. They're trying yeah. to they're trying to bring back what you loved about it without saying that the other stuff didn't happen. Which you, mm-hmm. I mean, you can't. I mean, look at all the authors who've written several trilogies. You know, sure. You're not going to tell Salvatore that now he's got to go back in time and pretend that those stories never happened, and all the people right. who read those novels, you can't tell them that those aren't real.
0: Um, right, but so, that's why I I I you know I think they're doing it exactly the right way, and yeah. I and I think that's what any. I think it fits the RPG industry very well. Yeah, I think Okay, it-
2: but let me let me interject something here, uh-huh. mm-hmm. and that's and I'm not really a realms person, mm-hmm. but they do it in comic books all the time. Why not? Okay, my point is is that I don't care what books he's written. I don't know how many volumes of comic books are out there that they decide at one point, boom, psh, we're just changing oh. the rules. We're changing uh, the rules. We're changing the
0: world. We're changing yeah. everything. Well, and- I can answer that. Why not? Okay. Because any DM in any campaign can do that themselves. They can say, "Okay, fourth edition stuff never happened." Mm-hmm. But if Watsy does it, that means everybody's game has to do it, right? Because it becomes canon. Yeah. No, I th- and, and that's, and you're right. That's a tradition that happens in
1: comics, but it's not a tradition that's happened pretty much anywhere else ever um so there's you know what you can get away with in one medium does not necessarily translate to another medium and the realms is a lot of mediums it's not just novels it's lots of novels amongst lots of authors and it's you know art and it's game products and it's all these different things so
0: yeah well let me also say the disclaimer that i'm also not a realms person so but (laughs) but, randall and i are talking out of our butts but but i am a realms person (laughs) and i and I and i think they're doing it the exact
1: right way yeah okay um I found that uh, D&D was a lot more visible at Gen Con this year. I think that was telling sort of their strategy, that they're investing in the community in that way, and that, you know, they, I can concur. Right, they had prime locations, they had prime signage, they had, you know, really visible. Um, I found it interesting. I got into a conversation with Greg Leeds, who's the CEO of Wizards of the Coast, about how they're going to support D&D through this long playtesting phase where they won't be making a lot of money. And his answer was, you know, Kaijudo makes us a lot of money in Japan, Magic makes us a lot of money in the United States. Those brands can keep d d afloat, so they have the time to do it right, which I thought was the perfect answer for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm hoping to arrange an interview with him later on. We'll see see what, or at least on that topic, and we'll see what happens with that. And then the other thing that came up is that the rise of the Underdark organized play event is going on. It seems like mostly an organized play event, although it plays into other, some other things as well. Um, but if you're into that, you probably already know about it because it's already happening. So I did it, and I have eight seconds to spare. Mm, I win.
0: Whatever. (laughs) I didn't realize it was a competition.
1: Uh, Yeah, it is. And I talk the fastest. Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) Now uh, we'll take a quick break here to mention our sponsor, Continue Magazine. Speaking of awesome articles about gaming, Continue Magazine has you covered once a quarter with insights into video games, RPGs, card games, and lots more. Check them out at Continuemag.com and tell them that the Tome Show sent you.
1: For entire generations of people now, gaming is as much a part of the fabric of their reality as television, films, books, music, and any other form of entertainment medium. Continue is a magazine for the gaming community, the global gaming community. Not just video and computer games, but board games, card games, role-playing games, alternate reality games, and anything that falls into the category of humans engaging to have fun. A celebration of gaming. Everything we love about this mad entertainment sector. Continue Magazine at www.continuemag.com.
0: All right, and we're back. So thank you to Continue Magazine once again. They've been an excellent sponsor for us. But now on to my second topic, and that is that, uh, as you all know, Mike Merles writes a little column called Legends and Lore for the D&D website. And he wrote an article on the 3rd of September called RPG Design Philosophy, and uh, he sort of opens it by saying that he doesn't have a lot of mechanical design to talk about this week because at the time they had just released the latest playtest packet for D&D Next. But he does talk about two sort of guiding principles or guiding philosophy that, that he he is leading the team with. Uh, for this edition of of D&D and that and I'm going to be really short because Jeff won the last one I'm I'm going to just say a couple of comments and then I'm going to let you guys chime in and then and then that'll be that'll be done cuz I do recommend that anybody listening to this go read this article cuz it's actually really really good mm-hmm. and it gives some good insight into how they're trying to approach designing the game mechanically but from the actually the philosophical standpoint um the two things that he says are, number one, that the rules of the game should make things extremely easy for the Dungeon Master. And they should always support the type of game that the Dungeon Master wants to play and wants to run. And they should support him making judgment calls about when to apply the mechanics and the rules, about when to not apply the rules, um, and about when to change things or not so that the group that the dm is running the game for can have the best time possible Mm -hmm. so that's the first thing the second thing is
1: although and i'm going to interject because we have time um um, and that's all the right things to say right i mean Mm -hmm. one of the big things that i think they learned with fourth edition is how to make things easier for the dm because fourth edition is by far the easiest edition of D&D to dm Mm -hmm. that that i've ever played right Um, i like the idea of giving the putting more authority back in the hands of the DM because there were times I tried to do something and, and the players argued with me, you know, over rules. I said, well, sure. I'm the DM, and just because the rules say otherwise doesn't mean I have to do it that way. Um, but it's hard to, the way the fourth edition is written, it's hard to accept that sometimes. Sure. Um, that said, I also like having rules. 99% <laughs> um, right, so- of the time, I want to have the rules as written to explain it uh-huh. to me, so I don't want to have a rules right. lights system for it either. So I'm, I'm
0: right. hoping they don't go so- too far so they're not so i his point is more about um establishing standards for things um so that the the sort of mechanical ability is there if the if the dm chooses to use that and and that the rules and mechanics that are there are are meant to inform the dm rather than dictate exactly how a game is supposed to be run i th- i think fourth edition one of the things that that critics often cited was that Um, this game was written in such a way – the rules were written in such a way that you had to play the game a certain way in order to really be playing 4th edition. Uh And lots of people sort of chafed at that Mm-hmm. because they want to be able to run the game the way they want to run the game but the way that the 4th edition rules were structured Mid-heart. wasn't yeah wasn't informing the people how how things could be done but was saying how they should be done mm-hmm. and so there's a difference between dictation or dictating what what has to happen and how it has to happen to uh, compare that to just you know informing people here's here's the game here's what's possible in the game and as long as as there's as
1: long as there's support
0: in terms of rules for for doing things so i don't have to make it up then i'm good and i and i think that's where the modularity is going to come in right and so you might have to wait a little bit to get rules to support every single thing you want to do but it will eventually be part of the the rule set and available to you
2: i would jump in and say i think it's absolutely correct that they are really really hammering home dm agency this time around Mm -hmm. um quite frankly you could really play a fourth edition D &D game without a dm and just have players take turns running the monsters you really could do that um and i think if you watch twitter feeds closely and some of the discussion on the forums the people that have the most problem with DD next coming out are folks that have played it who have enjoyed the player agency a lot Mm -hmm. um and or now fear that that will be taken away from them, mm-hmm. um, and and I think that's that may be a valid fear. I mean, I've played under you know some pretty crappy DMs sometimes, sure. and um, and so you know ne- there is a sense of you never know what you're going to get um, when you sit down to a game uh, as a player. That is now I think DMs are going to love it. Anyone that's DM'd forth, if they can continue with the ease of 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 design like they did with fourth edition because that's when i really started i mean i dm'd through third edition all the way through but fourth is like a hundred times easier to dm mm-hmm. and to design for um if they can maintain some kind of uh equal uh you know ha- at least halfway between those two then i will be happy as a dm
1: and now, um, and now no. Sam's almost out of time, and
0: he's still got half of his yeah, points to make. <laughs> oh, God, I thought
2: you were done. I thought you'd made the
0: second one. Sorry, no. it's because I, I, let you guys butt in. That's the problem. <laughs> oh, my bad. Uh, so the the, the the it's all right. The second point was that um, that complete balance is a myth. You that. And, it should, and therefore should not be something that they strive for necessarily. But what they do want to strive for is balance in options for a character. So this is from the PC perspective. The first point was from the DM perspective. The second point is from the PC perspective. So what is D&D next going to bring to the table for the players? And what it's going to bring to the table for the players in, in Mr. Merle's estimation is that – Players, no matter what class they choose, no matter what type of character they choose to play, or what kind of background they choose to have, et cetera, et cetera, they will have enough options that they will they will be able to have a rich character life in that game, and that everybody will get to shine at some point. But that doesn't mean that every single thing is balanced against every single other thing from class to class, kind of like Fourth Edition was or Mm -hmm. was attempted. Um, and he makes the point that, you know, if somebody wants to break the game and completely min-max a character, they're still going to be able to do that. It's still possible because you can't write a system of character creation for a role-playing game where that's not possible. Sure. Otherwise, you're writing s- to such strict guidelines that you're not you – know, at least in D&D, you, that wouldn't – you know, it wouldn't have any options. Then it right. would just be you one or the other.
1: And sometimes the occasional, the occasional broken thing that you do is the awesome you know, right. Exactly. Anyway, exactly. I paused right before the second, the one second. Mm-hmm. All right. So it, there's our time. Go. That's <laughs> it. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, so next up is uh, Randall and I are going to do lightning round. Ready? Ran- <laughs> hey. Ready, Randall?
2: Yes. Go. Let me to go first. OK, D and D next article for uh, Q&A is what it was, on the 16th of August. So this is actually an older article. Um, I'm going to tackle the last two questions, and I'm just going to read the questions first, and I'm going to kind of fold it all into one real quick. And it's, will magic items have prices assigned as a balancing factor when determining treasure? Will magic item shops be present or implied? And then there's another question that follows up. and says, what will rules for magic item creation look like, if there are any? And long story short they basically don't have a clear answer yet. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I'm looking at their answers, and the answer basically says, well, we're going to pretty much leave a lot of that up to the DM. They're going to give you guidelines, which is a pretty stip- typical answer at this point, because um, I don't think there's been a lot of design around this area of the game yet, quite frankly. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, they're basically just saying, you know, we're, um, we, want the, we want players to have the ability to create magic items, but it would be up to the DM how available... That will be – and that goes back to the stuff that Sam was saying on DM agencies. like they'll give you some guidelines and saying, here's how you can do a thing, but then leave it up to the DM as if that thing can be done in your world.
1: Well, it also interacts with with one of the themes, I think, of uh, D&D Next in terms of magic items and that they're trying to make magic items more special and less necessary.
2: Absolutely,
0: yeah. Yeah, And so – That's a major change from 4th edition and I think that they recognize that – that was one of the sort of – one of those other big criticisms of 4th edition uh, along with the character balance and all that was that there's a reliance on magic Mm -hmm. items. So you you kind of cripple your DM if you don't – if they don't want to have a high magic society or a high magic game.
1: I would argue it's a departure from pretty much every edition of D&D that I've played.
0: Uh, Yeah, I mean, you can say that, but but in Dungeons & Dragons, but in 4th edition, the the progression, and and maybe in 3rd edition too, Mm -hmm. I, I can't remember, but the progression required that you have... A certain number of magic items of a certain value at every level. Whereas you could say that that's true of every edition, but if you go back to first edition, it wasn't so such a stricture that there were cases where some creatures can only be harmed by magic items. So Mm -hmm. it would really behoove the party that their fighter has a magic sword, but Mm -hmm. the fighter doesn't have a magic sword and they need to have bracers of defense and they got to have a girdle of ogre ogre strength and they got to have boots of elven kind and they got to have a cloak of invisibility and they got to have you know they didn't have to have all that. Whereas in fourth edition. You know, if you if you get it's a magic item, yeah, it's yeah. tied to level advancement. So I, I would say it's it's a departure a little bit from maybe first edition and basic, but but m- much much more so than it's yeah. a departure from fourth edition and,
1: and third. I, I'd put third. I mean, and in, third, in, in sure. third, in third, if your magic items weren't in line with mm-hmm. where you should have been, you were you were struggling too.
0: You were but, boned. Yeah. 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 yeah.
1: yeah. And in lightning round style, we're going to see if we can do both of them in five minutes. Uh, My topic was from the same article, uh, coincidentally, and it had to do uh, with skills. Um, They talked about skills and having a list of skills um, as they've been designing backgrounds. And that makes me super awesome happy because one of the things that a lot of people got excited about when they saw the playtest document was, hey, there's this weird sort of uh, freeform skill concept. Uh, mm-hmm. And I was the lone voice going, but, but I like having a skill list. I don't know how to, I don't know how to design an adventure or, you know, when there's no set skill list and I have no idea who's going to be doing what or whatever. Um, I like, but at the same time, giving people the freedom and the modules to support this to make up your own skills, to have your own background skills that may not be on the list. So mm-hmm. you kind of get the best of both worlds. We're going to give you a skill list and then give you the freedom to add on your own skills, whatever they, they are. Because since everything's so ability score focused, um, you can do that very easily without breaking anything.
2: Well, you almost don't even have to call them skills. In fact, back in the first edition, I still, in fact, even in my game, my 4E games now, I almost instinctively will call for a strength check or a dexterity check, even though there's no such thing really like those in 4E. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And no, no it's like, they, are,
1: they just never get used.
2: Well, and I, have to, and I have to correct myself, and it's like, oh, wait, I mean, acrobatics check or <laughs> athletics check. Uh-huh. And there, but there's a slight difference in and, uh, and, and the way the mechanic is resolved. So, but um, it'll be nice to be able to go back to those. I like the fact that ability scores will rule all as mm-hmm. far as a lot of resolution in, in the game. I love that because that's what yeah. defines the characters. I'm, not,
1: I'm not sure about that, uh, but we'll see. But, I yeah. like, but, but I'm excited to fear that there's going to be a set skill list that makes me Oh,
2: happy.
1: yeah. And look at that. The two of us, two topics, and with nine <laughs> seconds to spare. Booyah. We win. It can be done. That's right. Well, I, with that last alarm, that is the, uh, the last of the time that we have for this episode, um, although I think we've even gone over our hoped 30-minute recording, um, but yeah. that wasn't entirely unexpected. Yeah, um, yeah. So that's fine. We kept it pretty close. Uh, I'm looking at 37 minutes right now.
2: And that was a pretty good selection of topics too It was,
1: we hit a lot yeah. of things and I think we, we did it pretty well and So that's all the time we have for this episode uh, I hope you guys enjoyed listening to it And I hope you guys enjoyed uh, recording it We did uh, We did,
2: indeed
1: So this is kind of how we plan on covering D&D News Especially as we lead up to D&D Next After D&D Next is out um, Maybe we'll stop doing it Maybe we won't I guess we'll sort of cross that bridge when we come to it And see if there's still t- stuff to talk about And if we're having fun with it
0: Yep, And awesome. we want to, once again, thank Continue Magazine for their support, and we want to thank Mr. Walker for being our first guest. Woo-hoo.
2: I was happy to be the first guest.
0: All right, and don't forget to email us at thetomeshow at gmail.com with your suggestions on formatting and a new name. Uh, and, of course, as always, swing by com for show notes. Where I'll probably just link it straight over to the delicious site that has all the links. <laughs> sounds
2: good to me which is totally not spelled like you think folks so
1: <laughs> okay so until next time this is jeff greiner signing out for myself and sam dillon time shifted from the news desk here on the outer plains keep gaming minzo baranzan just try not to get stabbed in the back doing it